Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rollett. This is episode 49. 49 is the number of strings on a harp. In the week in which this episode is released, uh, I'm giving the first in what may hopefully become a series of lectures entitled History of Maths and X for Various X. I'm no expert on these topics, but they interest me, and I would like to explain a little of them to you. This time, X is cryptography, and the lecture covers substitution ciphers, ancient to renaissance. This lecture will take place at the University of Nottingham. All being well, the lecture will be videoed for the web, and the idea is that lectures are to be accompanied by an article in I-squared magazine and a companion episode of this podcast, containing additional information not in the talk or the article. So you may have arrived here by several routes, you may be a regular listener to the podcast, you may have seen the lecture, you may have read the article. But whichever way you've arrived here, welcome, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about substitution ciphers. Using cipher cryptography, we take a message called the plain text and apply some cipher algorithm with a secret key to turn this into the cipher text. The recipient knows the key and is able to extract the plain text message again, but anyone who intercepts the message en route does not know the key, so can they decipher the message? A type of cipher system used for a long time is the substitution cipher. This involves jumbling up the alphabet to give the cipher alphabet and enciphering messages by mapping plain text characters to letters from the cipher alphabet. A simple example would be to encipher every letter as the letter three places to the right in the alphabet, so that A becomes D, B becomes E, and so on. This type of cipher system with shifting letters is known as the Caesar cipher because Roman Emperor Julius Caesar is said to have used it. More sophisticated methods for generating alphabets have been used subsequently. Deciphering these messages, if you have intercepted them, involves a process called frequency analysis. This method was developed by Islamic scholars after it was noticed that letters did not appear with the same frequency in all words. In English, the most common letters are E and T, while the least common are Q and Z. There are also patterns in which letters appear next to each other, repeated pairs of the same letter, and so on. During the Renaissance in Europe, state-run cryptographers who encipher messages and cryptanalysts who attempt to decipher them without knowing the key were engaged in a constant battle to come up with cipher systems that were more resistant to frequency analysis, and, in turn, to break these. In order to upset frequency analysis, you need the letters in your message to not match the letter frequencies of the language of your message. Tricks were used like deliberate misspellings, inclusion of null characters, which do not mean anything, and codes, characters in the message that actually translate to a whole word or phrase, rather than an individual letter. But in the end, the cryptanalysts were able to work around these obstructions and decipher messages. Uh, There was a need for a better cipher. The 15th and 16th centuries saw the emergence of cipher systems using more than one alphabet, so-called polyalphabetic ciphers. And a famous example of this is the Visionaire cipher. The Visionaire cipher uses multiple Caesar ciphers, ciphers with the alphabet letters in order, but shifted by a number of characters. Visionaire uses a keyword to choose which alphabets to use. Say you choose the keyword Peter. Then you would take the letters of your keyword and form a Caesar shift cipher for each of them. The first letter is P, so your first alphabet maps A to P and then proceeds alphabetically, mapping B 
to Q, C to R, and so on. Your second starts with E, the second letter of Peter. So map A to E, B to F, and so on. Carry on through T, E, and R. To encipher a message, you encipher each character using a different cipher alphabet in turn. So the first letter is enciphered using the P alphabet, the second with the E alphabet, and so on. When you reach the end of the keyword, you cycle back to the start. Because every plain letter can be enciphered to give different cipher letters, and each cipher letter can be deciphered to give different plain letters, the Visionaire cipher cannot be deciphered with reference to frequency analysis, as could monoalphabetic substitution ciphers. So, can we decipher messages without knowing the keyword? Well, there are a limited number of ways that each letter can be enciphered, the length of the keyword. If a common word or string of characters appears several times in a message, there is a chance it might be enciphered in the same way more than once. So if you see the same string more than once in the ciphertext, there is a chance it is a different set of plain letters enciphered in the same way. But this is unlikely, particularly for strings of several characters. It is more likely that this is the same sequence of plain letters encoded from the same point in the keyword which would give the same encoding. For this to happen, the occurrences must be separated by some multiple of the length of the keyword. There might be several such strings that can be identified. The way to break Visionaire involves looking for repetitions of the same string of characters and counting the distance between those repetitions. Then an intelligent guess can be made of the length of the keyword. For example, if you find one string of characters repeated after 10 characters and another repeated after 25 characters, you can have a guess the keyword might have length equal to the common factor 5. Since you know the letters are enciphered in turn, using each letter of the keyword, you know the first letter is enciphered using the same cipher alphabet as the sixth, and the eleventh, and so on. The second letter is enciphered the same way as the seventh, 12, and so on. By splitting up the message into sub-sets of characters enciphered with the same alphabet, you reveal a series of, in our example, five messages enciphered using a different Caesar substitution cipher each. These messages are vulnerable to frequency analysis in much the normal way, except remember that rules relating to pairs of letters will not apply, because you have broken up the message. But since each message is enciphered using a Caesar cipher, it is often possible to decipher this using frequencies of individual letters alone, or failing this, a brute force attack. This method for deciphering visionaire cipher messages seems to have been discovered, but not published, by Charles Babbage, but was independently discovered and published in 1863 by retired Prussian army officer Kaczynski, and so is known as the Kaczynski test. Right, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. If all goes well with the recording, you'll be able to view my talk, and in any case, you can find out more about History of Maths and X through www.historyofmathsandx.co.uk. You can find out more about this podcast, and if this is the first episode you've listened to, I'd encourage you to go to the website, where you can download all 48 previous episodes. You can get show notes relating to each episode, and become a fan of the podcast on Facebook by visiting www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. 
You can find out more about what I do for the IMA by following me on Twitter, where I am Peter Rowlett, R-O-W-L-E-T-T. Thank you for listening.